Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon bringing you podcast episode number... 92! Ooh, 92! The year in which we were born. Creeping up on that 100 mark, that century mark. Is there any significance to the fact that it's the year that we were born? Anything? We gotta do something special? You always want to do things special <laughs> for just random stuff. Oh, it's 95 now! I guess we're gonna throw a party! Well, 92. And, you know, since 1992, what's been your favorite things? <laughs> wow. Uh, spiders. Spiders? Spiders are my funny, favorite thing. That's my least favorite thing, actually, since 92. Least favorite. That's really... That's it? No, probably Warren disease, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, some pretty bad things. It's tied with Warren disease, world hunger. They're all tied. I'm just kind of tired of spiders in general. Yeah. They've had too good for too long. You know what's funny? <laughs> so typically, we have the laptop pulled up so we can see a, a Google Doc on the TV. But I guess we just have your YouTube channel pulled up today. <laughs> Do we want it to be just? Like no, it's fine. Yeah. We're we're already rolling. I just think it's funny because in case we want to watch any of your videos, real quick, <laughs> we're already going off the rails. We're going off the rails. I have a good way to help us get on the rails. Okay, let's, right? let's hear it. We had a uh, you you posted a, a question thing, and we had someone write in. All right, they asked us a very serious question. We didn't rehearse this, but this was actually my idea too. We should go right into this question. Wait, what's this, the, the... Was that your idea? Yeah. Well, I didn't say it out loud. Yeah. But... Are we in the same wavelength? <laughs> We're on the same wavelength! Same wavelength yes! for once in our life. Finally. For once in our life. Uh, the, the question was... Country? If you two could go to any country in the world for free, what country would you go to? And why? And this is not like... We don't go there at the same time, right? Two well, separate trips. Could yeah. be at the same time, though. We could, but let's just do time. two separate trips. Okay. They didn't specify in the question, but let's okay. just let's just assume. Okay, I'll answer first. Uh, I would go to Italy for, like, a lot of reasons. One, heritage. Two, I hear good things about it. Uh, that's honestly mostly it. You still have family that lives in Italy, mm-hmm. right? There's some family I've never met before that live there. What part of Italy? Uh, Abruzzo. It's a Abruzzo. state okay. that's like a two hours uh, east. Like if you drove about two hours east, it's like a small town called Castel di Sangro. And you've never been there? Nope. Hmm. I was invited to go before, but I've never made it there. I, this isn't my pick for country, but mm-hmm. I do. So I'm. I would say based on what my 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 parents did the whole twenty three and Me thing, and they. I think my dad got mostly Irish and my mom got mostly Scandinavian. So there's a big part of me that wants to like visit those places. Just I don't know if I have any family still there or anything. But let's find them. Let's find them. <laughs> <laughs> Track them down. That's, that'd be an awesome vlog. That would, yeah. Finding One day, flipping. if we find you, <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, dude. Um, so I definitely uh, that I, I understand that uh, that reasoning. Um, I would really, we've talked about if we could go on a trip together, Italy would be uh, a good spot, but I'm going to pick New Zealand. The main reason is Lord of the Rings. I know that you're not a big fan of Lord of the Rings, Dude, but... Most overrated thing I've ever heard. Shut the front door. Um, yeah. But I just think it looks beautiful. Honestly, if I, at the end of my life, if I ended up living in New Zealand in just like a little hut away from all people... I think I'd be fine with that. Just recording the podcast by yourself in a little hut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to start a new podcast. What What would it be? 
Minnesota Twins are here to stay. Because I'm wearing a Minnesota Twins shirt. That that was pretty brutal. I thought it was, was gonna it? be like everything must hut or just something along those. It was lines. brutal because you didn't expect it. Get the heck out of here. See, this guy can't think outside of the box. That's the thing. Dude, I live outside of the box. You live in the box. I've been That's, outside. No, no. Out, what are you gonna say? Out of the no, box no, was my show back in the day. No. Oh, yeah. Out of the box. Out of the box. You know that song? No, I don't. I only, yeah, I only know because you've been in the box for years. I only know the Dick in the Box song. In my Dick in a Box. See, I know that song. Let's hear it. No, I, I don't know it that well. <laughs> I don't know it that well, dude. We should apparently you know it. Really, Next really time well. we do karaoke, we should definitely do some Lonely Island songs. Oh yeah, I feel like those are just mother right lover. Up our alley. Yeah, mother lover for sure. Well, jizz in my pants is pretty good. That's too. a good one too. <laughs> my, I just like I don't know. What is your favorite Lonely Island song? Mother Lover is my favorite. Um. Hmm. I really like jizz in my pants. I can tell. <laughs> I love, uh, need a few things from the grocery. I do things alone now, mostly. <laughs> I love that part. I don't know why. I, I think Mother Lover is just, like, really catchy. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah, anything with Justin Timberlake in, in The Lonely Island, it's incredible. I really like uh, the one with Michael Bolton, too, where it's, like, back in the club. And then he's and then he sings about... Uh, uh, being Captain Jack Sparrow because he watched Pirates of the Caribbean before he came to the writing session. Wait, there's a song about Jack Sparrow. Is that the same one? Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> what? Why are you giving me this look? Am I, am I, what? What? Am I off base on something? I'm, okay, can we, can we talk about the Zodiac thing? Oh, yeah. You were pretty, <laughs> Steven sent me this text super fired up about, uh, Zodiac stuff. So. I'm infuriated by the Zodiac thing. I, okay, I very rarely ever write like a venting post, but I had typed up this whole long post to post in my Instagram story about me just going off about how I hate how people get really into their Zodiac horoscopes. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to use this right now. I'm talking about this in the podcast instead because I don't want someone to read this and misinterpret anything or be like, you don't understand. So instead, I'm going to get all of my words out. On the topic, if you're not familiar with Zodiac horoscopes, you're living under a rock. Because millennials in particular, those millennials, a.k.a. us, <laughs> we love horoscopes. We love Zodiac Back stuff. And we, we, we just, like, really take it to heart. And my frustration behind this is I think that people use it as an excuse to just be shitty and not look at themselves in the mirror and, like, make changes. They're like, well... I'm just a, I'm just a Capricorn. This is just what Capricorns do. And they just like, instead of trying to make changes or like not trying to become better friends with someone, they're like, well, me and Scorpios, we just don't get along. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You can't tell me that the way the stars lined up affected you liking one person or not liking somebody else. I never have thought about like Zodiac stuff. And why why would that make any sense? Like, does that does the same logic apply to like fish? Like, if you're a fish who's born in April, do you like get along better with other fish born in April? Is it just a human thing? First off, do you ever pick <laughs> on Capricorns again? <laughs> it's just stupid. It's I I literally equate it to the Salem witchcraft trials. Like someday we're gonna look back and be like, <laughs> people used to believe this shit. People really thought that like the way that the stars were aligned specifically impacted like very specific traits of you as a person like if you like to sleep in or not or like what type of coffee you like to drink 
Does it get that specific? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you're... <laughs> to be fair, okay, I don't know if it gets that specific, but, like, there's a lot of, of traits that you can read on there. Yeah, it's, it, it's like, uh, it's a different way of taking a personality test, except... I don't know. Without any actual logic. <laughs> it's like a personality test, but just based on like a number. Yeah. Well, I've had people uh, pretty passionately send me stuff uh, about that. And I've, uh, I've tried to keep an open mind with it because number one, is it really that much crazier than any of the other stuff that people decide to believe in? I don't know. I, I, I think so. You think it's crazier? <laughs> Kinda. I think it's crazy of just like how I don't know, many though. people. Because like the moon affects the tides. So... In terms of like the, I'm talking about the crazy. I don't, I don't put stock in the zodiac stuff, but I'm just saying the idea that somehow, like maybe gravitational pull or energy or something can can impact, I guess maybe even our genetics or something. I I don't know how deep it would get. I don't think there's a lot of science to, to back no, this up. No, that's what I'm saying. Um, but I also I haven't researched any of it, so I I can't sit here and and just dis- completely discredit it because. I, I don't know. You, you can, actually. If you completely discredit it, I'll actually have your back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like the ghosts thing. Like, I don't believe that it's true. Yeah. But I, I'm not saying that it's, like, completely impossible, because I don't think you can know that for sure. No. Um, But, I yeah, I, I, I think specifically your point about people that make all these decisions based on the Zodiac stuff, I, I do find... Uh, I don't know if frightening is the right, right word, but it's like you're you're kind of, like you said, taking away the accountability Dude, on things. exactly. That's what it all comes down to. Humans do not like to take accountability on things, so they always blame something. And, like, people who blame, like, oh, I, you know, I drink a lot. Well, I'm Irish. No, that's not okay that you have, like, a drinking problem that potentially, like, I, I'm saying, like, in extreme cases when it's like, you know, I drink a lot. It destroys my family. It destroys me. But you know, I'm Irish. Like, no, no, actually, I don't. That's like that doesn't make it. It doesn't just make it okay that you do this. Like, people always just try to like, blame something. I'm like, look yourself in the mirror and actually just I don't know, own up to the fact that maybe you should just change and not just think that you're a cookie cutter person. Like, you you can make some changes. So start making some changes in your life. I know I'm coming in hot with this take. I'll be the first one to say it, but it's extremely frustrating because I read some stat like 58% of millennials believe in Zodiac signs. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> like, what? And I've done the ghost poll, like 70% of my followers believe in ghosts. I just think we need, to, we need to start thinking things through a little bit more. There was this one time uh, this girl I kind of had the hots for sent me uh, this thing about Zodiac. She, like she was really big into it. And uh, I was like digging her and stuff, and I and she sent me, she sent me the zodiac thing, and she told me her sign, and she's like, you got to find out yours and how and stuff like that. And I looked it up. I, again, I'm not putting much stock into it, but then when I looked up her sign and my sign, our like compatibility or like our sexual compatibility was 100, <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, is she trying to make a move on me? <laughs> Is she using Zodiacs to get to my heart? She's manipulating you with Zodiac signs. Well, then she didn't like me, so it was all just BS. Dude, that's the worst. That's the worst, dude. How um, does somebody not like you? You're that's what I'm saying, dude. How does that ever happen? How could someone not like either of us, honestly? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess um, if anybody has some uh, some credited articles or whatever, I've gotten to a point, though, 
because a lot of my younger life, I really cared that, you know, why the hell do people believe these certain things? But at the end of the day, for me, it's just like, if you're not impacting me, whatever gets you through the day, you know, do you want to yeah, believe I don't, what you I want. don't care if you believe in it unless you start just being... Like, not making changes and complaining about it because of your Zodiac sign. Then I start having a problem with it. But even that, I'm just like, if they don't make the change, it's not really influencing me at all. I guess if it is, a, <laughs> if it is like a, a relationship that you have with someone and they're specifically not doing something because they're like, well, I'm an Aries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I feel like people do this, though. That's, like, I wouldn't bring it up if I didn't feel like people actually Have you it experienced extreme. it, though? Has someone that you have had a direct relationship with been like, I'm sorry that I'm this way. It's uh, just, I'm a... Kind of, yeah. All right, tell us, tell us a story. <laughs> well, just, I, there's not like specific things, but like when they this would... This guy's no, full no, of no, shit! No, no, when they would mess something up, like when they would do something, it would always come down to that they were this certain... They were they were a Scorpio. I think you're making this no, up. No, they were a Scorpio. I think he's making this and up. Scorpios are real. <laughs> They've got tails and they they have venom. There was Scorpio and they would I don't know find some way to be like we're just not the same right now. Just because you don't like the Rock doesn't mean you should be against Scorpio. Okay, well that's not what I was saying. Do you, do you get the reference? No. Scorpion King, the the Rock played. Oh, I never, I never saw that movie. I didn't either, but. <laughs> I'm really you're, you're making get, circular fouls. I'm making. <laughs> oh boy! My brother's the worst about circular fallacies. Not circular fallacies, but like he won't see a movie and he'll have like a, a take about it. That movie's terrible. It's like, <laughs> have you seen it? Like, well, no, but everyone else says it's terrible. Like I hate when people do that. <laughs> no, that is actually true. Yeah, I mean, there have been times where I've been somewhat where I've been like, oh, I heard that's really good or something, yeah, yeah. or um. But I, th- I try to stay away from the review stuff because of that reason. Like, even Star Wars. We, we talked about our, our opinion oh, yeah. on Star My Wars. My brother's still pissed at you about the... Uh, Dude, you, your, your brother and I are going to have <laughs> freaking... Brandon's never met my brother before. But yeah, he's pissed at you about your Last Jedi thoughts. I'll talk to him. No, I'm, I'm pumped for you guys to finally have that conversation. Yeah, he, he he's the, uh, the prime example of, like... I'm going to look up all the stuff that ex- that completely agrees with my point of view to really hammer home the yeah. point that my point of view is the right one. Yeah. Well, he was telling you he watched like an hour-long video just talking about how stupid The Last Jedi was or something. I, I think it's literally like a five-hour video. There's like some like ridiculously long video. Yeah, if, that's, that's what's great about the internet. Anything that I believe, I can specifically try to find that thing yeah, and yeah. be like, yeah, that's the right thing, man. Listen to what this guy says. Really just fits the narrative. Yeah. It's easy to find things that just fit your narrative in general. It's pissing me off. <laughs> I like there's just there's so much information out there that you can you can pretty much find an incident that will fit any narrative that you have in your mind. Yeah. Well, h- how do you feel about this though? The the idea of because I don't think any of us are entirely honest with ourselves. Like we, we probably we obviously have bias. Speak, speak for yourself. And I'm speaking for both of us for sure. <laughs> and we have things that um, we probably justify in our mind. But do you think any of that narrative building is actually good for us? Even if it might not be entirely honest, it, it maybe like helps us get past things. Like, do you see any value in that? I don't know. Give me an example. 
I need, I need, I need, I need concrete examples. Um, Jesus. Give me six examples and I'll pick which one fits my narrative. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, so for instance, people would argue with you that you build up a narrative that everyone's against you. Ooh. Yeah, but, people have said that. Yeah. Yes, but you use that narrative as fuel. Mm-hmm. So do you think even if that narrative is wrong... My narrative, like your, my, my interpretation. Of, yeah, okay. your interpretation of your life and mm-hmm. the narrative that you build, even if it is wrong, do you find value in that wrong thing because it somehow fuels you? Actually, kind of. I feel like a lot of people are sometimes motivated by things that might have something incorrect about it. That there might be something that's that's underlying that is wrong. Like the way that you see it is wrong, but if it helps you ultimately get to where you want to go. I've talked about before how a lot of things that motivate me are kind of petty. Like, they're just petty things I should probably just get over. Like, something that someone might have said to me in high school or something that it motivates me now. And people might be like, dude, just get over it. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. But if you can somehow draw strength from it and it can can actually make you better and push you, I think if it's done in a healthy manner, I think it's okay. Personally. Well, here's the thing is... We each come into this world with our own perspective. We always have our own unique perspective of things. So there's never an entirely 100% true thing that anybody else sees compared to what you see. So Mm -hmm. even if their account of something is, quote unquote, truer than yours, Mm -hmm. it's still not the 100% because our our memory is less uh, less, um, reliable than we when then we act like it is and our perception of our memories is also going to be unique so i feel like at the end of the day um if it's in a positive manner if you're if you're utilizing your experiences and the things that you uh the stories that you create i don't know that trying to be 100 percent honest about everything is always in, in terms of how you're perceiving this stuff. Because you, you can't get to that 100% honesty. So if the way that you interpret something maybe builds a narrative that's dramatized, romanticized, whatever, but it helps you get somewhere positive, how is that not good? Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Because I, one, I think about this because, you know, I people might listen to our podcast who know us personally. Mm-hmm. And have experienced things that you and I talk about. And I'll talk to them afterwards and they'll be like, dude, that's not how it happened. And I'm like, that's how I remember it. And, you know, you can get into this bickering of, well, I'm right. No, I'm right. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, that's how I processed it. That's how I've internalized it. And I've created a lesson out of it for myself to, to grow from. And... Does it really matter if it's 100% completely accurate? And can you really even say that you're 100% completely accurate on your side? No, I don't think you can. That's what's so weird about life in general is that is life how you view life or is life how just it is? Because there's things that, that happen that you experience and in that moment in time you feel a certain way about it. But then even after the fact you actually might interpret it a different way. So was it actually how it felt in the moment? Because when you feel really emotional, there's been times where I'm just 
I, I can't think of the exact moment, but there was a moment recently where I was just like so emotional, so over the top, and so mad. And I woke up the next day and I was like, I don't actually care about this. But it's so weird because in the moment it felt like it was this really intense thing. And it, that's why there, like, there's so many layers to each specific moment. Is it that initial emotional reaction that you felt in the exact moment? Is it when you look back on it in hindsight? Is it when it becomes a distant memory and you're more separated from it? Is it, it's also different from the other person who felt the moment or who experienced the moment with you because then they saw it from their perspective. There's so many different pers perspectives that go into the situation that it's like it's it's almost like what 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 is, what is the truth? Where's the truth in it all? Yeah, and well, I and I'm almost arguing: Does it really matter finding no. the truth? I don't know. That like, it if does. you're able to process it in a in a positive manner, you know, I think if you're like okay, here here here's an example. So I used to perform uh, when I was pursuing music, and I would have shows where. Um, I felt like when I was on stage, because it was one of those heightened emotion states, I felt like I'm doing horrible. Mm -hmm. I am bombing right now. My voice does not feel good, whatever. And someone would be there and record it. And then I'd listen back to it. I'm like, I sounded fine. What do you, and, and I would talk to other people and they'd be like, I don't know why you think you sounded bad. You sounded good. <laughs> um, yeah. so like that 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 uh the recording allowed me to see more of a truth uh within it afterwards so i could more positively in, in that instance the 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 quote-unquote truth i guess helped me get to a more positive place but if um if i huh, i don't know i'm kind of i'm thinking like if i actually did poorly but i um i like thought positively of my performance do I need to know that I actually did poorly? Because that's the quote-unquote truth. But now I'm like second-guessing myself because I'm thinking, well, if you want to improve, you probably should know the truth. Yeah, well, that that's a, that's a weird thing about life is it's such a inappropriate thing to tell the truth most of the time, I feel like. Like in, 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 in settings where I was like, I honestly feel like 90% of our lives are bullshit because if you walk down the street and you're like, hey, how are you? Like, good, how are you? Good? Like, I, I feel that there's probably a lot more behind how they actually feel. We don't actually get to the root of how people feel in that moment. We just say good. And in fact, I, I actually, it's so rare to hear anything else. I distinctly remember one time ever when I heard someone say, hey, how are you? And she was like, bad. And that moment sticks in my, my that was probably 10 years ago. And it sticks in my mind just because I was like, whoa, one person's keeping it real for once. One person actually decided to, to say how they really felt about something. And it's so rare. And so much of our lives, people don't actually tell the truth in anything. It's like, well, how am I doing my job? Oh, you're doing great. When deep down it's like, man, I, I would really like to have someone else that works here. Or like, <laughs> I don't know, like you hang out with people you don't really like. So much of life is actually just bullshit if you really think about it. And we're, we're just not very honest with each other. And it's legitimately frowned upon to be like, hey, uh, <laughs> giving, like, giving like legitimate constructive criticism in a, in a setting. If you're like, hey, man, uh, you know, if you that those colors don't really match. Next time you come out to, to sit in this lobby here, maybe you should consider colors. Maybe like, maybe instead of this pink, you, you should roll with this one. <laughs> Can you imagine if you actually started like pointing out like, dude, that hat looks looks awful on you. Yeah. Can you imagine if we were that honest with well, everybody? Well, even if we were 
if we were in a place where we had to be honest, it doesn't mean we would always have to speak on that honesty. But I yeah, feel yeah. like if the times that we spoke, we decided to be honest with each other, yeah, it would be a very different reality. <laughs> Wait a but um, this reminds me, not reminds me, this makes me think of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, I don't feel like being... Uh, not necessarily dishonest, but maybe not completely forthright is always, you know, I've kind of gone back and forth on this where I, in past episodes, I say we should just always tell the truth. But what I've realized is there are certain boundaries that you keep with people. Um, like if I'm speaking to, like if maybe, maybe uh, I'm trying to start a relationship with, with a girl and she wants to know about all my exes and stuff like that right off the bat. Um, it's not that I want to hide it from her. Like, I don't have anything to hide. I don't feel. But it's also like some of this stuff seems like it should be a boundary. Like, what are you going to use this information for? You knowing about my exes, you know, <laughs> Stephanie Telly would definitely not like this answer. But <laughs> you knowing yeah. about my exes is in some way, shape, or form, you're going to use that information against me. And I don't think that that's fair to the development of our relationship, especially because in the past, a lot of times we've done stuff that we probably wish we could have done a little bit differently or better. Um, And so am I going to keep paying for that, that one, that mistake that I made back then? So I think sometimes my point in this is I think there's a difference between dishonesty and boundaries. I think sometimes, uh, there's a push for almost codependency in us where we're like, I need to tell everybody everything, you know, and we're like hoping to get that same thing reciprocated. But it's, it's also just like, yeah, but you need to figure out how to internalize things on your own. You need to figure out how to communicate this with somebody who has earned that respect so that you're not giving 110% of yourself to somebody all the time, even though that person, you don't even know that person that well. Like there has to be a, a healthy development of that, those relationships. And, um, I, I guess I just wanted to make that distinction cause I feel like it is a small thing, but I, I think it can go a long way in build, building healthy friendships, relationships, all that stuff. When do you think it is appropriate to discuss ex exes with someone you're pursuing or you're like just started dating? I, I don't know if it's <laughs> necessarily... I could see an argument for it never being appropriate because it's like my past is my past. Now, if it was like I'm a cannibal and I ate all my exes, I feel like you got to tell them that. You know what I mean? You got to tell them that you got to tell them that you ate your exes. You can't leave them information out. That's all I'm I'm saying. That'd be a quick background search, right? I mean, I don't know what you did out of prison. If that's or you, are you saying you didn't get caught? I didn't get caught. But I feel like I need to cut. I need to tell her. Look, I have a tendency to eat my I eat my girlfriend. <laughs> and they're like, ooh. And they're like, no, not what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. Not like that. I definitely don't do that. <laughs> In fact, even I, when I eat them, <laughs> I cut around that part. <laughs> I got a pile of just that. <laughs> Those are cut my, that out, Tony. No, keep that in, Tony. <laughs> Those are my trophies. No. No, I'm saying 
when you first start dating, I would argue, well, no, actually in your entire relationship, I can see the argument for, we don't need to know each other's exes. It's you and me. Who are you right now? Who are you going forward? You can even tell me stuff about your past and your upbringing. So I just get to know you a little bit better, but your past relationships don't necessarily need to uh, be a part of the development of a relationship. Otherwise, I would say uh, probably because in the beginning of a relationship, you're developing this connection with that person. I would argue when you get to a place where you guys are so comfortable that talking about anything is casual at that point. Like I would argue against talking about your exes when you guys are just getting to know each other because that can lead to to judgment. Mm -hmm. That can lead to just like jealousy and... um, insecurity that kind of stuff and it's just like uh wait maybe until you guys have established a secure relationship and then at that point if it's just a topic that you guys talk about i think it's more healthy i will urge one thing though i had an ex where we early on in the in our relationship it was just like a pain point to because this is before i think we were even like we were just starting to talk to each other and we were talking about our exes a lot and it got to the point where I just was like, we don't need to talk about this. They're, they're, like, it's not really adding anything. So I feel we just sort of made a rule, like, let's not talk about it ever. But I feel like that was also bad, too, because then it made it feel like, well, we can't talk about it because it's like going to affect us somehow. And then that's also not good either, because if you can just talk about it, then it kind of takes away the seriousness of it. Like, it's not a big deal anymore. Well, I, in that specific circumstance, I think that you also probably set your you guys set your relationship up for failure yeah. by talking about them uh-huh. and then cold turkey being like let's never talk about yeah, them. Yeah, I I agree with that. Cuz I I like looked back on that in hindsight and been like why why did we do that? That was but that just ended up being uh, I really do feel like when you're actually dating someone there should be very few topics you guys can't talk about. Cuz yeah. I feel like the more topics that there are, the worse long-term sustainability there's going to be in that relationship. Yeah, but I just think there is for the sake of a healthy development, I think you you develop security with each other. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to other relationships, that stuff can get messy because it's like, I mean, even thinking about like sexual history, like I've had situations where I'm like, like I've, I've been with a girl and I'm like, you know, I want to explore this stuff with you. And then I'm like, oh wait, you've already done that with somebody else? <laughs> and why the, why the hell do I care? Like if they've done that with somebody else, like... Cool. I, it doesn't change anything between us. You know, we she just has done it before. And I think that in the past, that that was a codependent behavior of mine. Where it was like, oh no, you got to do everything with me and only me. You know, it's just like this insecurity thing. And I think uh, a more healthy approach to it is just, um, you know, if that stuff over time, once you guys are already established, and it's like, okay, we know that, if you're in a monogamous relationship, we know that we're we're together and we're we're good to go and organically things just start kind of coming up. But I, I almost would argue you don't necessarily need to seek it. Like, all right, you tell me about all your exes right now, because I need to know that information. Like I, I don't think that's uh, yeah. I don't think that's healthy. You shouldn't need to do that. Um, speaking of relationships and love, I think oh, we should go yeah, to our, I was gonna say, our yeah, segment. Yeah. It's about time. Dude, I set us up with that segue. 
That's why I, I, I chose to go into that. Words of affirmation here, everybody. We gotta make sure <laughs> Stephen knows he did a really good job. Pat me on the back. Good this job, man Stephen. A pat in the back. All right. So we are bringing back a segment called "Is There a Spark?" Uh, I believe this segment first aired on a fan favorite episode, My Chemistry Romance. Was that the first I time? I think so. <laughs> I believe so. I can't confirm that. But we can't confirm like nor deny. Um, but uh, this segment is essentially uh, we take either celebrities or fictional characters uh, that are pretty well known and we try to uh, decipher whether or not we would have uh, good chemistry with them or a spark. Uh, this doesn't have to be romantic. Like I specifically say chemistry because you can have good chemistry with friends. So um, without further ado, our first person on the list is Leonardo DiCaprio. Is there a spark between you and Leo? There is no spark between me and Leo, actually. Why? Uh, though I like Leo as an actor, I feel like his his life of just... I feel like he lives in such his own little world that we just wouldn't be able to connect on things. You know him really well. Yeah. I, I, it's Because, <laughs> like, the guy, he he's always just been successful. He's always been successful. And I've always been a failure. So, like, you put this together. <laughs> <laughs> just wouldn't work. Just the power dynamic of he's always a success, I'm always a failure. And, like, you put it together. It could be an opposites attract. Like, maybe it would work in that regard. Maybe, like, he could help build me. I could help bring him down. So maybe we meet kind of somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but I, don't, I just don't think so. Let's, let me just think about this. He's lived, like, the most charmed life. Like, I've been... I'm, like, a late bloomer. I'm, like, I'm always, like, on a steady rise. Why does that matter? This man, he just goes right into it. And <laughs> and that could... I think that would interfere with the chemistry. Because my, my chemistry over time... It's just kind of like, you know, you're just like, it's like you've got a glass and you're just taking some water and you're just slowly pouring a little bit more in over time. But you always try to act like I've had this huge successful life and yet you and I are like partners (laughs) and things. So why is this the determining factor in in your guys' chemistry chances? I just... No, he's he's like the absolute most extreme case of it. And... uh, it just, he, he, it bothers me. Okay, we'll move on from here. <laughs> uh, I think I would have good chemistry with Leo because I think uh, I've heard him talk uh, in interview. I know interviews, you, you get a certain portrayal of a person, but I really like hearing um, his introspective takes on what he brings to his art. And I think at the very least, uh, we could have good conversations about things in that realm. Um, but I'll stop, I'll stop there. The next one is Shakira. Uh, I'll answer this one first. Um, do Latinas like me? Let me think. <laughs> we got to figure that out first. Do Latinas like me? I don't feel like I, we have a lot of evidence to suggest so. We don't. <laughs> we have very limited evidence. We've got some evidence. We have very little, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. I really like Shakira. <laughs> okay, let's let's get that. And straight. I'll put in a good word. You put in a I'll good word. I'll put in a good word. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, but the age difference, uh, the cultural what, what difference. What does that bother you? It doesn't bother. Like I said, I'm all for it, dude. 
Yeah, I'm ready to go. I just you're not mature enough. Maybe I could see it. That's it. That's gotta be it. I'm too. I'm too goofy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You always use that you're too goofy. That's what my mom that's, says. That's my mom thing. always says that, man. That's always Brandon's thing. If a girl doesn't like him, it's like, I'm too goofy. <laughs> I'm no, too you, you always, it's never anything else. It's always that's that the you, whole, That's the only specifically, reason. Specifically, you're too goofy. Yeah, because, uh, see, women. <laughs> that's, you go tell me about women. What do you know about women? Let's hear it. Women have very small <laughs> brains. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Tony, <laughs> cut that in post. All right, what about you and Shakira? <laughs> I just, I, I've just never heard a girl ever say he's just too goofy for me. <laughs> well, they don't say that explicitly, but it's, it's but they implied. Think it. They think it. It's subtle. It. They think it. So now I'm gonna point it out. Brand says every time I say think, not every time. I always point to my oh, head. pretty much. And he does this like weird. I'm just thinking. Cut that out, Tony. <laughs> Okay, so Shakira and me. I mean, <laughs> seems like a good fit, man. <laughs> Definitely for you. Seems like a good fit. I feel like there's a lot of things we got in common here. We both love baseball. We both love Cleveland. We both love... She loves Cleveland? We love metal music. We both love what? podcasting. <laughs> You're making YouTube videos about Chicago. I have seen her do that a couple times. Yeah, I think both of our hips don't lie. Actually, you don't have hips. <laughs> if anybody's hips don't lie here, it's mine. All right? <laughs> Let's get that straight. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, Shakira's pretty close to my celebrity crush, so. I don't know why you don't commit to it. What? Who's your celebrity crush? It has... I, I don't think I know enough of like real Shakira. Like I don't know. I think I haven't listened. You just listed <laughs> off ten things that you guys have in common, but you don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gonna listen to this and be like, Shakira likes Cleveland. <laughs> she makes YouTube videos. Shakira. <laughs> so someone's gonna be really confused. I mean, I might say she's my celebrity crush. She's pretty much. She's pretty ideal. So I'm going to say our chemistry would be great because, as I said, we got a lot in common. All right. I had six people on this list, but this segment is taking <laughs> way too long. We're going to do one final person. Liza Koshy. Famous YouTuber. She used to be a Viner. David Dobrik and her hmm. broke hmm. up. Their video has 61 million views. See, that's a tough one for me. I might just be goofy enough for life. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I'm like, she is goofy. So I'm like, this might be Brandon's girl. <laughs> Liza, if you ever watched this. <laughs> In 10 years, if I'm with Liza Koshy, call this back. I tend to not... Well, so th we're talking about... Well, this is supposed to be like a dating capacity, right? Even though Leonardo obviously... No, no, no. It's just chemistry. Do you have good chemistry Oh, so like, them? we'll be like sitting Is there like, a spark? Out. I mean, with the women, obviously, yeah, since it's we're a little different. straight men, it's... it's kind of tough because, like, I'm kind of goofy. I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn goofy. I feel it. I feel like I might get along with Liza. I think I probably would. I think I'd get along with her. Maybe like we wouldn't be like best buds, but we'd we'd be all right. I think I would too. I think I can imagine you and her would be like best buds. I like legit think. I think of her as more someone that you would be best friends with than maybe best friends with. Yeah, because you're really judgmental and yeah, 
Exactly that. That's exactly the reason why, too. This segment was called, Is There a Spark? Thanks for watching. Dude, that's incredible. We do need to have a little jingle. Do we need... I feel we need a little jingles. We'll get jingles. We need some jingles. This is... Uh, here's the deal. Okay? You and I have talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is we're running on an amateur budget right now. Yeah. We're also running on a 9 to 5 and then do our creative content schedule right now. Yeah. So all these little things, like even the video quality, as you guys have Which probably is incredibly noticed, it's... Good. Probably better than HD. What's 4, 4K? Probably probably 8K, honestly. 8K. <laughs> we invented it. Um, those things, hopefully, over time, if we become more successful, we can uh, spend a little more uh, in the production. Yeah, I want to do this in VR in the future. How dope would that be? That'd be pretty sick. We should... Have you ever seen VR porn? I actually kind of have before. What did you think? I saw it on a phone though, so it was like, it was weird. Uh, it was it wasn't very good. I forget what I saw exactly. It was well, only like describe for, it. Uh, probably like boobies. <laughs> that's oh, probably just, it was that. just boobies. Yeah, that's all it was. I, I honestly don't remember it that much. It was like a few years ago. It was like when it, it was like a really new thing. It's just gonna get better too. So would Would you make VR porn? No. <laughs> But not with anybody else. It's just you, like, 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 so, a, like, like solo a, male. What are you like talking a, about? Yeah, like POV. What? No. Point, point you wouldn't do it. No, would you? Hell yeah. For what? For chicks. Or dudes. <laughs> for ch- or not dudes. For dudes though. No, I'll do it for dudes. Then, here, here, I'll set the, I'll set the stage. So I'm like in the kitchen doing dishes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so far, so good. And right. uh, and then the camera comes up, and you hear a, and that's them slapping me on the ass. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing, step sis, <laughs> or step bro? I'll do two different scenes so you can like select, so you can select if you're a guy or you're a girl, and then you go in, and you know it's like step sister, what are you doing? Dad's gonna be home soon, <laughs> and then and then I. I like have someone off camera like pulling my up wear a button up and they'll like be I'm like, oh stop it. Oh, <laughs> oh no the screws Dude The screws are coming out. All undone. the screws are falling out. I mean all new furniture. What do you think about this idea? I think it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I can't even find what is humorous. And I understand what is humorous. You have a really good sense. I have a really good sense what for what is humorous. Okay, I have a deep question okay. for you. Unless you have something you want to talk about. No, I want to talk about whatever deep thing you want to talk about. So porn. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's hear it. All right. So I was actually doing... Um, so we're recording the podcast Saturday. Mm-hmm. I have a songwriter to songwriter coming out tomorrow. Uh the, the song that I'm doing is Open Hands by Ingrid Michaelson, uh, which is only important because it's what brought me to this like thought process, I guess. I talk about it in the songwriter to songwriter, but I'm curious for people that you've lost in your life in terms of grieving or processing... Um, how do you deal with that? Like, how, how do you, do you consider it moving on 
or or do you feel like you um always carry a little bit of maybe like pain or something with you in terms of their loss i think what i've done in the past is i i like to talk about them a lot afterwards like to talk about like all the great the great moments that i had with them um like all the things that they meant to me so i like i like talking about them a lot in a positive light or the things that i've learned from them from them because i feel like if it's you know someone I've, i really got to know or they had an impact on me i want people to know that like i want to be able to like share their life with other people who maybe didn't get to be impacted because they were taken like too soon so i think i've always felt that obligation to talk about people like that um and then i i guess i don't i never really feel like i i move on i feel like they just are in my life in a different capacity like i think that I'm still, I still feel connected to them even after, um, I still feel connected to them even after they're gone. And uh, yeah, I don't, I've never. It's interesting you say because I don't think I've ever really felt like, like, like really moving on. And I, I guess maybe that concept is something that I don't feel in that way. Do you? This is a heavy question, but how how do you feel about like death in general? Like, are you afraid of it yourself? Uh, do you not like it, or I mean, obviously no, yeah. you don't like it? But no, like do you fear it for people that you love? Yeah. Or is it something that you're more? I just have to accept. Okay. Well, this is a super deep and heavy question. It's not something I really talk about very often. But uh, okay, for me, I think I was my whole life. I feel like I've been terrified of going before I did enough. Like. I've always felt like my life has a lot of purpose and I'm supposed to do things and I'm supposed to impact. And I, I, I guess I don't know that there'll ever be a specific moment where I'm like, okay, I did everything I was supposed to do on this planet. But I want to feel like at every moment in my life, I'm like, I'm as good as I'm going to be in that moment. So I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can to try to be the best person, try to do the most that I can. So I think as I've gotten older, I've, I've come to grips with the fact that there's like I, I'm really starting to grasp this concept that, you know, every everything, every era has its time, and you have to appreciate it while it's happening. Like there was, there was beauty in the first phase of my life where I was just a kid getting to know about life. In the same way, that there will be beauty in uh, the phase where I get to like give back more, where I get to teach either my kids or just the next generation in some capacity through I don't know, maybe people will find my YouTube videos or listen to this podcast and and. and be inspired from something that gets discussed on it. But I think it gets a little bit, I hate to say that it gets easier, but you become more understanding of life as you get older, that everything is temporary. So you might as well really appreciate the moments that you have with the people around you because the, you know, every, everything comes in and goes. And yeah. So I, am I afraid for myself personally? I mean, I do think about it sometimes. Like, it's it's scary, but it's also something I can't control. So I try to just be like, you know, as long as I'm living every day to the fullest, whenever my time comes, I won't have any regret. Because in that moment in time, I should be living to the best of my ability. Have you ever had a day, not necessarily like suicidal thoughts, but have you ever had a day where you felt like, this is going to sound like such a weird question. Yeah. Do you, you ever had a day or a time where like I feel like I could die today uh when I was a kid I never thought I could never envision my life past like my teen years I could never like envision being like an adult 
So I remember when I was getting close to like that 18, 19 years old, I started getting like very panicky. Like, is this just it? Like I, I had like these irrational thoughts. Like maybe I, because I couldn't see into this like future, maybe this is just where it ends. So there was that little, that little period of time where I started freaking out about that. And that was also like right around the time where I feel like I made some, some big, uh, like, like I came to like some conclusions inside myself to be like, I have to actually put myself out there more. And that was really when I started stepping outside my box and just like I moved to Tennessee and I started just like creating things. I started writing more because I started having this fear of, well, if I live into this next chapter, I better crush this chapter and actually try to take it to the best of my abilities. So I had that moment happen to me. But I don't think I, yeah, I don't. I think that's about it, though. What about you? Uh, which part? Just this... Well, we'll start with the first part, since you asked me the really heavy question. <laughs> like, do you think about... Like, what do you think about... It? This is actually a topic we haven't really talked about much, so I'm kind of curious now. I don't fear death, because I know that whenever it happens, it's... What am I going to do about it? Um, I, do, I, have, I can relate to the idea of feeling like... I didn't do enough by the time I go. And it's really interesting that you brought that up too because I was thinking about when I lived in Nashville uh, and I decided to move back to Minnesota, I remember uh, talking to a friend of mine on the phone and and saying to her, I don't know that I should be leaving. So I feel like I didn't, I didn't do what... I don't know what it was that I was supposed to do here but I'm leaving here feeling like I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really don't want that feeling with my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be at the end of my days and say that same thing. Like I'm leaving and I didn't get it done. And uh, so that part, I guess I don't necessarily fear it. Um, but when I really think about it, I, it, it, it definitely fuels me to be like, well, if, if you don't want that fear to become any, any link, any, um, part of you that fears that if you don't want that to become a reality, then take as much control of your life as you can. Um, and I, I think uh, in terms of other people passing, I've really struggled with this idea because I think for a long time I've had this very idealistic point of view of just like we have the opportunity since we are still here to to carry their memory on while they're gone. And I, I do believe in that. I like I, And I think that's what I also love about art. Like uh, my grandfather uh, on my mother's side um, – has frontal temporal dementia um and the song on my first album i'll never forget you is about him and i take really great pride in that song because it's it's like he can't remember us anymore but that song is like that's gonna outlive all of us you know what i mean and um and it gives me comfort to to like know that his his legacy is etched in stone through something that I created. And it's not even about me. It's just about like this man and what, what he meant and what it, 
ended up coming through. Um, and then my, I actually lost my other grandfather a couple, like what was August, I think. And, uh, like I want to do that same thing for him. And so it, there, there is this, this responsibility I feel to, to do that, to push, push ourselves to, to keep the parts of them that we've absorbed and, and, uh, uh, keep them alive. Um, but I also am like, why should we move on? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I know, I know that like animals are, you know, they'll, it's just part of the life cycle. It's part of the life cycle for all of us. We live and we die, whatever. Um, and animals don't have, I guess, as much of the intellectual capacity as we do. But I think maybe that part of evolution is what makes us special. And, and uh, this concept of moving on, like if, if I, I, I don't know if I should hurt forever. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm saying like a perpetual hurt, like, I don't know. I, I know I'm getting really in the weeds about this, but I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. It's just like, I think psychologically we, we, we encourage moving on and, and that grieving process, getting to a place where we can create new memories, uh, and, and live our day to day without them. But it's also like, um, if they really had a, a carved a piece in our life, shouldn't we always be a little empty once they're gone? I, I don't know. You know it, it's a tough call because you, they would want you to be able to enjoy your life afterwards. And that's what's tough. It's like you want to feel sad and you want to, you want to really feel the loss of it, but you really don't at the same time because you want to be able to carry on with your life for things to get better. That's why I always feel like for me, the best thing to do is just kind of like carry them with me where it's like, you know, they don't exist with me in the same capacity that they did before, but they're still like, they're still with me in a sense where like I had the memories with them and I can tell people all about them and, 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 and live the way that they would want me to and things like that. And yeah, so that, I don't know. I just feel like that feels better than just moving on past it. Like there's certain things in your life where you should move on past. Like there's terrible things happen, but what does moving on really mean? Like it's it, it, in itself, like you're, it's pretty hard to like just forget something. Like every bad thing that's happened to you, it still happened and you're still going to think about it sometimes. Cause I don't know. I can't, I cannot completely block anything out. Like, like honestly, let's, let's be real. The worst things that happen to you are some of the things you end up thinking about the most <laughs> because anything that has had a big emotional impact on you tends to be the thing that gets brought to the forefront of your mind pretty often, actually. Yeah. Well, I even think about this, not even in, in the lens of, or the perspective of death, but also just like love. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've ever had somebody in your life that you thought was the one, you know, quote unquote, the one, if you even believe in that concept at all, um, or they could have been the one and it didn't end up working out, uh, how do you just find somebody new from that because a piece of them is part of you and part of me like almost doesn't want to trust a relationship in the future sometimes because i'm like we carry so much of that past with us are we ever going to truly um rid ourselves of that because i just feel like uh i mean maybe you end up with somebody new and it feels exciting and whatever but 
if there's any part of you that's like, I wonder what it would have been like to be with that other person. I know that's probably natural, but it's also like, part of me is like, because I don't know. I just, I think I have such a malformed perspective of what, like ending up with somebody, like I need to, I need to fix it or something. Because I think about the, like the significance of saying I'm going to be with this one person forever is so intense. Probably people would argue it's not biologically or evolutionarily uh, natural. Um, So if you're making that decision with somebody, there has to be a, a very deep significance about them. And I'm almost like, if we are still holding on to any part of somebody else, does does that decay the significance of our current relationship? Or is that just, that's going to happen, you just got to let it go? Well, I, I, that's, that's such a tough one, because I bet if you were to really get into the psyche of the vast majority of marriages and, and people... Um, like if you were to like get into their into their heads, I bet a lot of people have someone that that would either be the one that got away or someone that lingers in their mind. And I just I don't know that <laughs> I don't know that there's anything you can really do about it. I, I it's why it's hard for me to wrap my mind around this idea that there's just a one person out there for everyone because it just as you said I don't know that humans are technically supposed to just find one person and just stay with them forever like. From what I've understood off the, like limited knowledge on this is that we don't know for sure that humans are even supposed to be monogamous, which makes me just realize a lot of this stuff is sort of just like a fantasy ideal that we that there's not going to be any issues and that you're just going to find the right person. You're not going to think about anyone else and you're never going to want to be with someone else while you're with that person. I don't think that it's realistic and I think that if people could actually be more honest within the relationship and be able to talk about certain things and not have to hide them. Uh, and not be ashamed of things like it's people get so ashamed I feel like that when you're they're with someone that they might find someone else to be attracted like they'll beat themselves up over it but it you can't really help that like it's just gonna happen sometimes and I feel like instead of beating yourself up over it because coming from someone where like I beat myself up over the stuff all the time and I've had relationships before where I felt shitty because of just like my thoughts on any number of things, and I'm like, why am I having these thoughts? I'm with this person. I shouldn't be thinking this way. And I used to really beat myself up over it, but now the more that I think about it, I'm just like, I think that that's just a normal part of being human. Humans are just, we have an insane ability to gather information and actually like really think it through, while also having the ability to have emotional feelings towards things that, as I said, are temporary oftentimes. I mean, we've talked about before, it looked no further than random times where I'm, like, really attracted to someone for, like, a week. But then after that week, I'm like, I don't know why I was so attracted to them for that week. Or, like, hell, it could even be a day. I don't understand how humans work. I don't understand what goes through my mind where I'm, like, really into something for, like, a day or a week or something. But, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's anything to feel too, too bad about. I think that when you find the right person, you just happen to have a lot of things that you connect on and you should be able to have like open dialogue communication. Then again, I am single. So maybe take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. <laughs> maybe this is my issue. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think your perspective is uh, a healthy one to have. I think, uh, I really liked what you said about 
even being willing to talk to your significant other about that stuff. Like that's, that's probably a really tough thing to get into. Like, I just want you to know that I had a one that got away or whatever. And, and you're with that person. Oh, yeah. But I guess, I, I don't know. There is a significance in saying, even though that happened, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I think you made some really good points. I just, I just been thinking about it a lot. I, I never kind of came to any concrete uh, answers on this stuff. Uh, and I, I don't believe that there is just one person for you out there either. We could do honestly an entire episode on that concept. Cause I'm just thinking in my head of just the, what I have learned through my experiences over the years and this whole idea of like the one and what you should and shouldn't talk about in relationships. Yeah. I do like relationship topics in general, but okay, we'll do the Spotify segment. Um, so the two songs that we selected for each other, Steven selected an Eminem song for me, the song infinite, um, which came out in 1996, and then I selected Doing the Right Thing by Daughter. Uh, so I think I went first last time, yeah, so you so go, first, go this first this time. time. So we answer three questions for this. We answer um, what stood out to you, how did it make you feel, and would you put it on your playlist? And then uh, the other person will respond with um, maybe why they picked that song or anything they want to say in... in uh, response to what the other person says so doing the right thing by daughter so what stood out to you um okay so immediately i i I will just come around and say that i actually do like this song um i love how the the production on it especially it reminds me a lot of the band um brand new kind of off of their newest album i don't know how familiar you are with the band brand new Mm -hmm, i know um where it's it's like the the music and the production quality are it like it conveys an emotion without having like a ton of power behind the vocals like there's no there's no like real big drive behind the vocals it but yet it almost feels more emotional it's so weird. it's like it has like a drowning quality to it and i i love that like i thought that that the the sound quality uh, or like the the production quality, I thought was amazing. Um, lyrically, this song was beautiful. I have no idea what it's about, but I I loved the lyrics, and they really remind me of Jesse Lacey of Brand New is a really good lyricist, and it kind of reminded me where it it it's like you read it and you connect to it, but you don't you don't always know what it means, which I think is it's something that as someone who likes to write. It's something that I've always struggled with. Like whenever I write something, I'm like, oh, I think that I think that this is like a cool vibe. Like, I I love the lyrics, despite the fact that I have no idea what it means. And um, what does this song make you feel? It's pretty somber. It's like it. It definitely feels sad. It definitely the song feels. You can almost feel the depression of the person in the song. And that's how I, I feel about a lot of brand new songs. Now, brand new songs are, uh, it's a guy singing. And in this, it almost sounds like if you took a brand new song and you put a female vocalist on it, it has like a similar vibe to some of their slower songs, which is a really good thing um, from my perspective. So it makes me feel sad. It also makes me feel like, I don't know how to describe it. It's so good at capturing that feeling of 
the, it's gonna be hard to like choose the right words for this. Like I can feel their emotion um, through the lyrics and through the tone of the song. Even if I don't know what it means, I still feel like I am. I still feel like I am them. It's definitely a song I would turn to if I was sad. Um, uh, would you add it to your playlist? I think I would. I think I would add it to. It'd have to be a playlist that would be like if I'm sitting on an airplane and it's just kind of uh, I'm feeling kind of sad and I want to listen to something. Um, it would be in that type of environment that I listen. Okay, I would never listen to it just like walking around in my apartment because that'd be yeah, it would it wouldn't really. You'd be depressed. That. I'd be kind of depressed. Um, I just I don't know. I I know that you know. I the one thing question I did ask Brandon is what is this song about? Like, do you know? So he does know what the song is about. Um, as I said to him, I have no idea what this song is about. But, uh, and I'm, I guess I'm not that surprised that you chose it because you definitely do like these songs that have, are sort of uh, like very layered. You definitely like this sort of like layered approach to song. Even though you like some stripped down singer-songwriter songs, I've noticed that a lot of the songs that you have played for me have this sort of, I don't know what, I don't, I, I can't come up with a word for the quality of a song where it's not like these really big vocal melodies, but it feels kind of, do you, do you I know, would describe it maybe yeah. like ethereal kind of. Maybe. It's like there, there's a certain ambiance to yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The ambiance of it is, is. It's like foggy kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm not surprised that you'd you'd like a song like this, but I am curious to know what it's about and why you added it. So, um, the song is either about her mother or grandmother who has Alzheimer's or dementia, one of those two, uh, and just like the life of not really knowing what's going on anymore, like have her being in a mental state of kind of decay. Uh, so it is a very depressing song. Um, she's talked about how hard it is to perform live because it's so personal to her. Um, I picked the song for a couple reasons. Number one, I don't think we've ever... We probably have, but I don't know how you feel about female vocalists in general. Um, do you like female vocalists typically? I ten, I, I've talked about this before. I tend to like female vocalist voices a lot. But I tend to not listen to too much because, for me, the singer's voice is sort of a reflection of me. So I've tended to. So you relate. can't actually put yourself. Yeah. So I've had, I've had a tough because to me music is all about putting myself in the zone. So I think I have a tougher time when it's not a voice that I connect with on a personal level, which I feel like someone could interpret as like I just hate all female music. But that's not the case. It's just like from a, a the way that I use music. For my and for like my own personal therapy, it just it's easier when it's a guy singing. Yeah. Um, so I picked that for that reason. Um, I also picked it because it's it has that juxtaposition that you kind of alluded to. You, I mean, you basically said it where it's like the music is what brings the intensity. It's not the vocalist. Like her her singing. I mean her. There's a desperation in her voice and and a somberness throughout the entire thing. So you definitely feel something from her vocals, but it's not her amping the song up. It's the guitar, it's the drums, it's 
the layers, all that stuff. Um, and that's something I've talked to you about my music, trying to incorporate a little more, not always relying on my vocals to do. So I kind of like the idea of sharing a song that had that aspect and seeing, seeing if it did enough for you emotionally. Cause I know that you typically like really powerful vocalists. So mm-hmm. that's about it. Any surprises with what I said about the song? No, I, I'm actually, um, I guess maybe a little surprised that you liked it. Um, I thought maybe the vocals wouldn't do it for you, but I th- I'm actually really happy that not only they, you felt like it did it for you, but you, in this situation where you can't usually uh, get in the same shoes as the like a female singer because it's mm-hmm. a female like you were able to with this one. So I I think it's validation in uh, the uh, how good the song is. Definitely. Uh, so for yours, Eminem, Infinite, uh, what stood out to you about the song? Uh, how young his voice is in this. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. He is so young in this. And uh, it, it, this is going to be a very uh, limited demographic that understands this, but it reminds me of Asthmatic a little bit. There's a little grooviness, which is surprising. I guess I hadn't heard this song. Um, and just thinking of Slim Shady, which is like just... He's not holding any punches back. It's not that he was soft in this at all, but it was just like, um, I almost didn't feel like it was a smart ass. It was just like, he's clever. He's got flow. You can even like, um, a wordsmith. You can even see in his early days that he has that ability. And, um, and it was, it was pretty cool to hear in terms of how the song makes me feel. Um, it actually makes me feel pretty pumped up because seeing that being the start of like where he might have been and how his art has evolved over time, um, it, I can kind of place myself in that idea. Like this idea of a lot of the rawness of maybe like what you and I create or something is in a certain place that might be so drastically different, you know, 20 years from now if we continue creating. Um, and so it's, that's pretty, pretty dang cool. Would you add it to your playlist? Absolutely. Definitely. So what, what, what about you? What, why did you pick this one? And I guess you, you kind of had a thought behind why you like the song or something, right? Yeah. So there's a few reasons. Uh, one, I think people a lot of times they always think that I listen to like just metal or punk or something, but Eminem is one of my favorite artists, like definitely a top 10 favorite artist. And Specifically, this song is arguably my favorite Eminem song. It's really hard to choose a favorite Eminem song, but it's really high on the list. And the reason you you definitely like got pretty close to the one of the reasons why I chose this song, which is this song came out before he was famous, pretty much. Like this song was. Which one of us do you think is more hipster? <laughs> Get out of here! Get out of here! This is like before Eminem was famous, but this was like off of his first EP, which didn't do particularly great, but it this was like the, the main song off of it. And one, it sounds so raw. It doesn't sound anything like what you would guess his song would sound like, but his rapping is still amazing on it. Like you could still just see what he would become. And like, it's just, it's such a, it's an unrefined version of what he would be, but you can just think about how at the time, I think he was about 24 when that song came out, how he was writing this song with just like the hope that somebody would listen to this and, and give him a chance. And I just think that that's so powerful, just knowing 
that we know where he ended up getting and just seeing that this was what he tried to do. And I just, I relate to that on such a, on just like so many levels. And I, I honestly had never heard that song until I was, as I said, I'm always late to the game. I think the first time I heard that song, I was like 22. So I was super late, but I started listening to that song when I was going through a, a tough time, like in my head personally. And that was like a song I always gravitated towards. Cause I was like, you know, this was Eminem at one point. He was just trying to figure out like what he was doing and trying to, and, and like we see where he is now. So I listened to that, and then I started listening to like the songs after he was famous. And I don't know, I just connected with it a lot. I find it to be super catchy, and I just like what it's what it's about. And I just like this idea of uh, of just infinite. I don't know, it's just cool. Yeah, there's like a legacy feel to it, yeah. which we definitely talk about. I absolutely love it quite a bit. Um, cool. Well, that kind of brings us to the end. Is there anything that you want to update people on with your your personal? content stuff um well one brandon and i are going to be acting in uh, a video coming up don't want to talk too much about it but there'll be more details on that to come and uh we're i know i'm i don't want to speak for you but i'm i'm really excited to get back into doing some like more acting roles it's something like i back in the day i considered trying to pursue acting until i was like i'm not getting involved with that whole industry yeah so i'm i i love acting so i'm really excited to do that and in terms of uh videos and stuff just going to continue doing vlogs um i know i said i'd be doing them weekly it's possible that it could be sort of not exactly weekly it could be like bi-weekly so make sure you subscribe to me um stephen russell b that's uh two s's two l's and it's with a v not a ph so you can be up to date on that. And um, I'm going to eventually start doing some videos on neighborhoods because people have been asking for it for a long time. So this is one of my first times letting you all know there will be more info to come on neighborhoods in the future. And one other thing is I've been on the apartment search. So I'll update you all when I know that I'm officially moving. But I will be I will be moving I've looked at some apartments. Mm -hmm. There's one that I have in mind. I don't know that I'll get it, but if I do get it, I'll be pretty pumped. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, as for me, uh, kind of same old, same old. Uh, I've been posting. I posted a cover uh, past week. Um, I will follow you into the dark, and uh, posted a Rocket League video. I, I, if you don't like video games, that's fine. These videos are more about the funny moments that me and my friends have. So. I would definitely still check it out. Post those on Saturdays when I can. And then Sundays have been the songwriter to songwriter. Uh, we I alluded to it earlier. But uh, ne this will be obviously going live at, on Tuesday. So this past Sunday, um, there will be that songwriter to songwriter with uh, for Open Hands by Ingrid Michaelson. I'm at 84 subscribers at this very moment. So if you guys can get me to 100, that'd be pretty dope. Um... No pressure, but just do it. Otherwise, we're not friends anymore. All right. So if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, whatever, you can email us, emgpod at gmail.com. You can call us and leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. Again, that is 513-427-EMG5. Uh, as always, our DMs are wide open for you guys, whether it's uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, podcast is at emgpod. Uh, my personal is at Brandon J. Flippin. Stevens is at Stephen Russell B., as he mentioned earlier. And thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take it easy. I'm